0: So from this heart from this from this sinful nature come these thoughts that flow like a river that are uncontrolled they come into your mind and then they go where out of your mouth And you know what you cannot shake that stuff out of your head until you come to Jesus This week I was just praying and thinking about some stuff and the Lord reminded me of an experience that I had a couple of years ago. And um, I was in my office. Uh, We were at a previous building. I was in my office. I was preparing to come up on the stage and and do whatever I was going to do that day. And as I walked out, and as I walked out of my office, I began to feel the presence of God. Look at the person next to you and say, you can feel the presence of God. Has anybody in this place ever felt the presence of God? Raise your hands really high so I can see it. There is a difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. That means the omnipresence is God is everywhere. But the manifest presence is when you experience that He's there. So Pastor Chris earlier when he was up here, he was like, I feel the presence of God. How come he felt it up here? We're going to get into that. He felt it because of his focus. Look at the person next to you and tell them, your focus determines your feelings. What are you focused on? Can you say amen? And so I felt the presence of God. But I want to read read a passage of Scripture really quickly before I tell you what happened. Because I want you to know and understand that what I'm getting ready to tell you is scriptural. Right? Go to the book of John chapter 7. We're going to start reading at verse 37. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, and this is what it says. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty, say thirsty, may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come to me and drink. For the Scriptures declare that rivers, everybody say rivers, rivers, Of living water will flow from your Bible might say your belly. Mine says your heart. And verse 39 says, when he said living water, he was speaking about the Spirit, say the Holy Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So... What I want you to know and understand is that when God moves on the inside of you and God's Spirit comes and fills you, say, God's Spirit fills me, there's rivers, everybody say rivers, of living water that begin to flow from me. Everybody say flow from me. And so when I walked out of my office, I felt the river flow out of my belly. It's one thing to read the Scripture. It's another thing to experience the Scripture. Look at somebody and tell them, every scripture is there for you to encounter it. It's not just something to read. It's a living book. The reason it's there is so you can experience it. Can you say amen? And so I start feeling the river of God, and I had felt the river of God flow through me many times. But when, whenever I feel the river of God flowing in me or through me, God is teaching me something. And so I felt the river flow out of my belly. Um, has, Has anybody ever felt an unction from the Holy Ghost on the inside of you? It's like prophecy. It bubbles from inside of you. It doesn't come from your mind. It comes from the mind of God. It comes from the Spirit of God. There's a bubbling that happens in you, and then you say the sound you're hearing. It's stepping out and being led by the Spirit to flow in the Spirit. Everybody say there's a flow to the Holy Ghost. Say, I'm a spirit, I live in a body, and I have a soul, mind, will, emotions. Your soul is the control center for your body, but you have to decide what controls you. Does your flesh control you or does your spirit control you? And many people are led by their flesh. They're not led by their spirit. But when the Holy Ghost moves on the inside of you, you can start to learn how to flow in the spirit. And the Bible says in the book of Romans, those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and the daughters of God. So that's me. And so we've got to learn how to flow in the Spirit. We've got to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. And So I start feeling the Spirit of God flowing out of me, but it's not flowing through me like a river. I feel the river flowing up on the inside of me. I tangibly feel this river coming out of me and flowing in me. And it went over my mind, and I saw it coming out of my mouth. Now, I'd never experienced anything like that before. But as I worshipped, what I realized, when you worship God, the river of God is washing over your soul and cleansing you. That's why worship is important. Say, when I worship the Lord, there's a river that flows in me. Because he said, I want worshipers that will worship in spirit and truth. There's something that flows from your spirit in worship to God that will cleanse your mind. And so, I I don't really know much about rivers except that they exist. That alligators are in them. That I never want to swim in them. Like, there's alligators. People get chomped, you know. But I'm not scared of alligators. I grew up with crocodiles. Alligators are like... Like lizards. Just saying. In my mind, that's what they are. Does anybody know what they call the place where a river starts? That's where it ends. See? I didn't know this either until I looked it up. Say, the place where the river starts is called the head, the place where the river ends is the mouth. Ooh. At the person next to you and say, Ooh, like, Ooh. Say, the river starts at a head, at a high point, and it flows to a mouth. And the question that I have for you today is what river is flowing on the inside of you? Is it coming from Christ out of your mouth, or is it coming out of your sinful nature out of your mouth? And I want to show you the difference in scripture. You see, until you actually get saved and receive Christ in your life, the only river you have flowing in you is a river that comes from your sinful nature. That's the only thing you've got. And let me show you what that river looks like. Do you know that there are pure rivers and there are polluted rivers in the earth? Who wants to drink polluted water? No. Who wants to swim in toxic, polluted water? No. Who would like to drink some pure water? Can you say amen? And so go to the book of Matthew, chapter 15. We're going to get you so clean on the inside, it's going to be refreshing. Nobody's excited, that's fine, I am. Because this is what I do. Say, pure church, clean hands and pure hearts. Matthew chapter 15, starting at verse 18. So here in this story, we had some traditional religious people coming to Jesus and questioning him about some stuff. And uh, actually, let's go up here to verse verse 8. It says, People honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas. As commands from God. Jesus calls the crowd to them. He said, listen, he said, try and understand. It is not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Verse 18 says, the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. And these are what defile you. And so these teachers of religious law, they were like, you don't wash your hands before you eat. It's against our laws. And Jesus is explaining that, listen, it's not about these rituals that you do that make you clean or unclean. It's not in the rituals. It's about what's in your heart. You see, and until you get saved, you don't know what the river of God is. You don't know the flow of the river of life. The only thing that you know is what comes up out of the heart from the sinful nature. Say, the sinful nature. Who knows what I'm talking about? You're just sitting there and somebody cuts you off and in your mind comes up something. I want to ram them. I wish right now that I had some type of bars on the front of my truck so I could crash into these people. Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy, but you know it's true. Somebody looks at you the wrong way. Oh, smirk, smirk of their face. Anybody ever have that come up out of them? Your kids start doing stuff that irritate you. You see stuff that other people have and you get jealous about it. You see a beautiful woman and you got some crazy thoughts going through your mind, or some hot guy, and you're like, woo, woo, I am tingling. So from this heart, from this, from this sinful nature, come these thoughts that flow like a river that are uncontrolled. They come into your mind and then they go where? Out of your mouth. And death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you know what? You cannot shake that stuff out of your head until you come to Jesus. What people have to do to get rid of that stuff, that war, that bitterness, that jealousy, all that fight that goes on on the inside of them, they need alcohol. They need drugs. They need to do these things in the natural to help calm them. But you cannot overcome a spiritual problem with natural things. You can put a band-aid on it, and you can try and manage it, but the only way to get rid of it is to kill it. Can you say amen? I want you to open your Bible. Well, let me say this first. Let's go to the word defile. What does the enemy do when he's defiling you? What is happening in you when this filth... Is flowing out of your heart into your mind, and you're feeling all this stuff. What's going on on the inside of you? The word defile, everybody say defile. I looked it up because I didn't have the meaning. Defile. There's three words that define defile. Are you ready for them? Mar, M-A-R, Sully, S-U-L-L-Y, and Spoil. The word spoil means to diminish or destroy the value of something. Say to diminish and destroy value. The first thing that this river is going to do on the inside of you, it's going to destroy your self-worth. It comes to tear your self-worth down. The word sully means to damage the integrity of something. It comes to divide you so that you're not whole. Say, it tears down my self-worth, and it divides me. I become unwhole. And the word mar means to disfigure, distort, mangle, hurt, or scar. It comes to destroy your self-image. And so when you are defiled on the inside by these thoughts that are coming up out of you, they've come to steal. What have they come to steal? They've come to steal... Your self-confidence, they've come to steal your self-image, and they've come to steal your self-worth. How many of you have ever done something and then felt guilty about it afterwards? That feeling. So you feel condemned. It's like this sin nature grabs hold of you. It grabs you and it overtakes you. And then you do what it, it led you to do, and then afterwards, you feel like a terrible person. I have no self-worth. I have no self-confidence. And I feel just bad. God can't love me. I deserve to be punished. I, I, I can't go back to church. You give up on everything that God has for you. You give up on your life. Say the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So, I want you to go to the book of Revelation. Go to Revelation chapter 22. And this is John on the Isle of Patmos. And he's taken into visions of God. And God shows him some things. And in Revelation 22 verse 1. It says, and the angel showed me a river, everybody say a river, with the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street and on each side of the river grew tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month and the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. So here John gets, he gets taken to heaven and he sees the throne of God. And flowing from the throne of God is a river. Everybody say the river of life. There is a river that flows from the throne of God that makes you glad. When you are planted by this river, you are always fruitful and you will always produce. Can you say amen? Amen. Go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel, he too is taken into visions of God. And he's seen that very same thing. If you read the beginning of the book of Ezekiel, you'll read that God shows him what the glory of God looks like. The temple of God. What heaven looks like. And here Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 47, he says... In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple where I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right side of the altar on the south side. And the man brought me to the outside, the wall, through the north gate and led me around to the eastern entrance. There's so many directions. I don't even know where I'm going anymore. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gate, And then he talks about this river. As he went down this river, he was first ankle deep. Then he crossed it again. He was knee deep. Then he crossed it again. He was waist deep. And then by the last crossing, he couldn't walk across. He could swim across. And so this river of God is deep. And this river of God is wide. It is a river of life. And you get to choose how deep you want to go in this river. Look at the person next to you and tell him, you got to make a decision. And I'm, am I going to be an ankle-deep Christian? Am I going to be knee-deep? Am I going to be waist-deep? Or am I diving in? You got to decide how much of this river you want. Jesus said, if you're thirsty, if you're hungry, you come to me and I'll give you this river. I'll give you my spirit. But it's in, it's in concordance or in agreement with your desire. You'll only get... From the Spirit, what you sow into it. But if you don't think there's any value in this river of life that flows from the throne of God, then you won't, you won't search for it. You won't press into it. You won't hunger for it. You won't thirst for it. But what I want you to know and understand, in that river is the nature of God. In that river is the character of God. In that river comes love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. You see, and these things, if you're flowing in the river of the Holy Ghost, these, this is what it will produce in your life. But if you say, you know what, I'm not running for the things of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to run off to the things of the world. You're going to get the spirit of the world. And what comes from that spirit? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It's all self-focused and it's all self-centered. Can you say amen? And family, you've got to make a decision. What river are you going to allow to flow in you and through you? It's going to flow from your head to your mouth. And the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you begin to establish things for your life. What flows out of of you and out of your mouth, you speak into existence over you and over your family. There is a river of life that can flow in you and flow through you. And you can start speaking in line with what God has for you. You can start speaking blessing over your life. You feel totally different when the presence of God flows through you than when all your sinful nature flows through you. Do you know that when you allow a polluted stream, if you drink water from a polluted stream, it'll cause sickness and disease? And it's the same thing with you. If you've got a stream flowing in you that's polluted, it's going to bring sickness and disease and pain and destruction to your physical body. Because what's in the Spirit manifests through you. But this is a choice that you have to make. Listen to this one, Psalm chapter 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. Here we see again that you can make a decision. You can be a Christian, but you can hang around with mockers. You can hang around with sinners. It doesn't mean you're doing what they are. You can just hang around them. The environments that you hang around are going to influence you. Joining with mockers. Mockers are what? Mockers are people that watch people worship and mock them. That is the most dangerous thing that you can do. Rather keep your mouth shut. Then mock worshipers. People that mock worshipers will be barren. They will not produce anything for God. They will not encounter the presence of God. They will be locked out. You can't partake of what you judge. So when people are worshiping God and you stand on the outside and you say, well, these people are crazy. They're losing their minds. It's too extreme. You won't enter into what they're experiencing. And so he says, The joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees that are planted along a river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves will never wither, and in all they do, they will prosper. Who wants the prosperity of God? It's tied to the river of God that's flowing in you and through you. Go to the book of Colossians. I went to a conference this weekend. I got so hit by the power of God. Last night, it took me about three hours to sober up. If you've been drunk in the natural, and you're slurring and you're falling around, that is the same kind of thing you can experience in the spirit, where the presence and the power of God overwhelms you and overtakes you, and you're just messed up. There's nothing like it. There is just nothing like the glory of God and the presence of God. Can you say amen? And some of you probably have never experienced it. All you know is church. You don't know God. You know rules and regulations. You know clapping, singing, giving, serving. But you don't know God. And when you encounter God for the first time and you realize who He is and that He really exists, your life is never the same again. And then you want more of it. Can you say amen? Colossians. Say sin is a separator. Say sin separates me from the presence of God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 says, this is talking about Jesus redeeming us, reconciling us back to God. And he says, this includes you. Say, this includes me. You were once far away from God. You were His enemies, separated from Him by your evil thoughts and actions. Do you know that your thoughts separate you from God? If your mind is tied up into these the sinful nature or the flesh, you are totally separated from God because your focus is on you, not, not on Him. So... The way that you're going to draw near to God, the way that you're going to come close to God is if we shift what's in your head. Look at the person next to you and say, you've got to change what you think. If you want to get close to God, you have to shift your thinking. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Last week we baptized quite a few people. Amen. It was such a powerful week last week. In verse 1, it says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Everybody say, set your mind, set your affections on the realities of heaven. I took a snapshot of multiple versions of the scripture. The King James says, set your affections on things above, not on the things of this earth. The Amplified Bible says, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above. The heavenly things, not the things that are here on the earth, which have only temporal value. You see, you've got to make a decision. What are you setting your mind on? What are you setting your focus on? Are you setting it on yourself and on the natural? Or are you setting it on God and His kingdom? And family, this is what's going to shift you. This is what's going to change everything you're feeling and everything that's going on on the inside of you is you shifting your focus onto things above. It says here, set your minds on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Why? For you died to this life, And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, when you accept Jesus into your heart and into your life, and you go get baptized, you are baptized into Christ. You're baptized into his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and you come up a brand new person. Can you say amen? When you receive Christ, you become a brand new creation. You're a new species of being that has never existed before. When you get Christ into your heart and into your life, you get an Ezekiel 36, 26. He takes out the stony, stubborn heart. He puts in a heart of flesh. He, he, makes, he gives you his spirit, and he makes you obey him. There's a transformation that has to come into your heart. And then when you accept Christ, it's like a well. And then the Holy Ghost comes and fills you. The Spirit of God begins to flow through you. There's a gusher, spring up a well. Now rivers of living water, the Holy Ghost that flows from the throne of God, this river of life begins to flow through your heart. And it begins to lead you and it begins to guide you. But you can shut off the Holy Ghost by what you focus on. I want you to think of your head as the magodi on a tap. What do you call that thing? That looks like a cross on top of a tap. The handle, the faucet. That thing. Close your eyes for a second. What do you call that thingy? Well, that's your head. The knob. Put your hand on the knob. Now, you can close the knob... Or you can open the knob. So you can, shut, you can shut off the flow of the Spirit of God and you can open up the flesh. Or you can shut the flesh down and open up the Spirit. you got to decide what tap you're going to open on the inside of you. you got to decide what's going to flow in you, what's going to flow over your mind, and what's going to come out of your mouth. Because that's going to be your reality. Say, so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think God's far away, guess what? Then God's far away. But if you read the Bible and he says, I'm Emmanuel, I'm God's with you, I'm everywhere, then you realize he's with me and he's everywhere. The Word of God, say the Word of God, opens up the things of the Spirit. See, if you don't believe the Word of God, you don't access the things that the Spirit of God has for you. I'm trying to make this very simple today. I hope you're getting this because this is your life. This is the world on the inside of you. What is, what is brewing in you? What is in your mind? What is in your heart? What is, what is it? How are you being led in your life? Is it by your emotions? You're just emotional and you just do whatever you feel? Or are you led by the Word of God and the Spirit of God? Because every decision that you make has consequences or rewards. And family, I want to see peace come onto the inside of you. And we need to shut some valves, pollution that's flooding your heart, some some things that are coming into you where you've opened a door. Listen, you open a door to pornography, there's sewage flowing into you. Are you with me? You can open doors on the inside of you to different things. You can get jealous over people. When jealousy moves in and takes control, that is violent. Jealousy is a destructive spirit. When, when you get offended, when you take an offense, not get offended, Doc Hood helped me with that one. He said, you, he said you, you don't get offended, you take an offense. You can only take an offense. You choose to take it. When you get offended, you become judgy. Anybody with me? And you become angry. You see, so it's all decisions that you have to make in the soul, in the control center. And if you start opening doors and gates that should not be opened, you're going to pollute your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's going to affect how you feel, and it's going to bring all of hell on you, or it's going to bring all of heaven on you. And so I want to see you connect with heaven. I want to see you break through from the things that you've You've allowed to bring pollution into your life. Can you see it? Three last scriptures, and then we're going to close. In Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Say, God's word will wash me clean. John fifteen three, Jesus said, You are clean because of the word that I have spoken over you. And then when Jesus was getting ready to leave the planet and he was praying to the Father, he said, sanctify, purify, and make them holy by the truth. Your word is truth. Family, there's some things that we need to do if we want to shut the valves to hell. We need to get into the word of God and we need to press into the things of the Spirit. We need to disconnect from all the worldly things that are around us. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We have to disconnect from the spirit of the world running after the things of the world. And we've got to make a decision that I am running after God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and all my strength. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Today's a brand new day, and I'm running after God with everything I have. It doesn't matter what your past church Christian experience has been. What God has for you in this season is far better than what you had in the last season. Can you say amen? Don't camp out in some day back in the back there. Because what God is doing now in this day, there's a greater outpouring in this day than there was in your history. God's got some brand new things that He wants to do in you and through you. And I want you to get so hungry for the things of God that when you come into this church, when when you come here on a Sunday morning, you're so full of expectation and faith. You're so blown away by what God has done through the week because you were led by the Spirit of God and you saw all the blessings of God hit your life. You're not coming in here needing, oh, God, help me. You're coming in here ready to praise God and celebrate all the good things that God has done in your life during the week. And there is a process to it, but we're gonna help you get there. Can you say amen? I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me too. What's out of the family? Got you heart.